It's another week, so you know what that means. Another episode of Echoes from the Boy, baby. And um, yeah, I think we've got an interesting episode for you. Some fun, got some reviews, all that good stuff. But um, you know what? I want to talk about something that happened to me the other day that was so weird and I did not know what to do in the situation, okay? So let's get rid of X for a little bit. Alright, so I'm walking back from the gym, okay? And, um, you know, I'm I'm listening to, uh, you know, I've got my headphones on. Clearly, I've got like these orange in-ear headphones, so it's clear... They glow in the dark. It's clear I'm wearing headphones. Um, and I'm listening to a podcast. I was listening to Believe You and Me, you know, Louis J. Gomez, Michael Bisbin, hilarious podcast. So I'm walking back from the gym um, and there is someone walking behind me. And after a while, I, I, I slow down a bit because, God damn it, my knee is still fucked. Man, so I'm, I'm I'm slowed down a bit, and this person walks past me. It's a girl, so she walks past me, and you know she's just walking in front of me. I'm walking behind, listen to my podcast, and it's getting funnier and funnier. So we get to a bit, and I just start laughing. I'm laughing my ass off. This girl now just stops in fear. Like, she turns around. She's standing really close to me. So, like, you know, the fear on her face, she, like, basically hugs the wall so I can walk past her. She's thinking, like, she grabs herself. She's holding herself, holding her bag. So... I don't know if she thinks I'm going to rob her or rape her. But I'm just like, I'm laughing, motherfucker. How are you thinking I'm trying to rape you when I'm laughing? You know what I mean? If if I was trying to get up to some shenanigans, I'd, I'd, you know what I mean? I think I'd be trying to be a ninja and shit. I don't think I'm going to be laughing while creeping up on you. God, and I'm just like, what the fuck do I say? Do you know what I mean? I'm listening to a podcast. I, it's clear I'm listening to shit. All I'm doing is laughing. I'm laughing, motherfucker. You know what I mean? And I believe we are still allowed to laugh in this day and age. You know, I don't believe I've got a creepy laugh. It may be loud, but I do not believe it's creepy. You wouldn't think, if you heard me laugh, you wouldn't think, ooh... That's that's got uh, that's got hints of pedo in it. You know what I mean? Not at all. Not a motherfucking tool. And so I'm just like, do I say something? And then I'm just, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you. I'm just going about my day. I'm gonna listen to the rest of this podcast. I'm gonna laugh if I fucking well want to. And yeah, so she lets me walk past and then hangs back way behind me. I just thought, that's so weird. It's, you know what I mean? It's so uncalled for. So uncalled for. And it's just like, you know what I mean? Don't try and put something on someone else when it's clearly nowhere near that situation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was taken aback, aghast 
if you may want to say. You know what I mean? Because I ain't on that trip, you know what I mean? Definitely ain't down with that. But, um, yeah, that was some weird shit that happened to me, uh, just the other day. But, um, <laughs> luckily nothing else as crazy. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the rest of this week goes, right? People, it really does seem that the world has gone bananas. You know, with everything that is happening, we've got floods in Venice. Floods in motherfucking Venice, people. You know what I mean? And the thing that gets people's goat, that gets their billy goat gruff, people, is William Sitwell. Now, I, I, you know, a lot of people in the UK, probably a lot of people around the world, actually, most people around the world, you might not know this, but William Sitwell was the editor of Waitrose. There is a supermarket chain, a kind of a higher-end supermarket chain in the UK. Um, he was the editor of their food magazine. And... Um, He's resigned today He's resigned For making a joke About vegans I mean the joke was killing vegans But You know Those two words do seem to go well together It's like a jigsaw (laughs) Easy now people Sit the fuck down And take the joke Alright So the gist was he was corresponding with a freelancer who had mailed him about stories. And um, he, he responded with a joke that did not sit too well. So, um, so the freelancer that, uh, that contacted him... They uh, they said this William, I'm paraphrasing William, how about We do some stories And some upcoming issues About healthy Eco-friendly meals um, You know The popularity of the movement Is likely to continue to skyrocket So, hey It might be a good thing to um, Have in the magazine Now, Sitwell Replied Thanks for this. How about a series on killing vegans one by one? Ways to trap them, how to interrogate them properly, expose their hypocrisy, false feed them milk, false feed them meat. Um, now, if you can't see the the humour in that. That is not a serious freaking email. It's not a serious response, people. And people joke, like, and let's not get it twisted, right? Because the amount of times I've seen vegans attack people who eat meat, you know, like, 
and they're not even having a conversation. You know, they online it happens. People might post some me, and people, oh, rah, 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 you should, you should be vegan. You should be this. Blah, 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 boom. So, and like th- these are straight up attacks. People also joke. People joke about not eating different types of meat. Like you know, if you say to someone, "Oh, I'm having um, I'm having a duck for Christmas," like people are, oh, "Oh, oh, you're gonna get struck down." Oh, that's not what you. People say shit. It's what people do. You you try and be humorous, and especially if you're at work. You know, you you've had a hard, long ass day. You just want to add some jovelty, jovelty, jovel, jovel. Chovel, jokey, joke, jokes. You add the word that I'm thinking of, and I think you probably all know fits in this sentence. But they're trying to add that into the day, you know, trying to make it a little less shit. So you crack a joke, and sometimes jokes are a little darker. Jokes are a little sarcastic. We're not all doing. A K material You know what I mean We can be different So the fact And this is a private email He sent to this woman Her name was Celine Nelson She's the freelancer So it's a private email She has then shared this email Shared it with everyone Because he then said Um you know, he, he made some jokes about uh, having them eat steak and drink red wine. And she responded with saying, I'm certainly interested in exploring why just a mention of veganism makes seems to make people hostile. And then she said... Um, I had I had some delicious vegan red wine last night, so I'm sure this is a feature that would appeal. So her responses were, this is an outrageous statement. I can't believe you've said it. I'm so offended. So you don't say that at the time, but then you fake indignation on social media. What the fuck is that? That's just ridiculous. And because of all of this, he's resigned. You know, like people are writing ludicrous comments like, oh, he's so ignorant. You know, like he, oh, he should, he should be um, sacked. But it's just like, why? Because we don't all think the same, that's against the law. Because we might make a few, you know, just jokes that don't always hit the mark, that's against the law. It's ridiculous. And I just think it's ridiculous. I wouldn't have resigned if I was him. You know what I mean? I think resigning helps keep this bullshit going. Because if you were just going to, look, if I was sick, well, I would have said, listen, 
It's a joke. If you people can't see it was a joke, shame on you. Now shut up because I've got another magazine to put out. That's what you should have said. And Waitrose, shame on them because these people, they're just, it's fake. Like, there's so many fake people around. There's, you know, he's worked for Waitrose for 20, over 20 years. Over 20 years doing this stuff, right? And so Waitrose put out a statement. And they said, oh, it was the right and proper move for Sitwell to leave. And they're working with the uh, the media agency to you know, continue putting out the magazine, but it's just like, why are you saying it's the right and proper move, why, oh, because of this, this is that one joke, you, you're thinking people are going to stop coming to your store, it's ridiculous, and then, the hypocrisy, later they're like, we have had a relationship with William for almost 20 years, and we're grateful for his contribution to our business over that time. Obviously, they're not. But you would think if you've known someone for 20 years, they'd understand your humor. You, know, you built up mad credit with them. So they would look at this and be like, ah, sit well. He's a funny motherfucker, isn't he? Ugh. Oh, dear. You know, it would have just been that. They, they could have had say, obviously... William's joking, we're putting out a vegan issue of the magazine, everyone chill, now let's go do our business, we're putting out our stupid Christmas advert in a week, tune in, that's what they should have said, but no, like you're saying you've known this person, but you're happy that they just leave, that, it's ridiculous, but it's showing how crazy society is right now, that you can't even make a joke about food, about food, like, I guess, if you had said, oh, yeah, let's kill Sally Fields, let's kill Henry Rawlings, let's, if you had named names of people, I just realised those names are actual people, just names that came to the top of my head, not kill those people, but I'm saying, if you had named actual people, you might have an issue with that. But he's just saying it as a generalisation. It was a general joke. What are you going to do, man? Oh, I know. It's Halloween. Let's go on a motherfucking witch hunt. People, chill the fuck out. In in an odd bit of news from, uh, you know, the, the land of the rising sun... So it turns out um, a, 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 a botanical gardens, one of the ticket sellers, he, he's an old dude, he's in his 70s, he, uh, he had a fear of talking to foreigners, so he stopped asking them for money and let them into the park for free. Yeah, let them in for free between 2014 and 2016. And it was, but see, this is the weird thing. Firstly, it's, I'm surprised no one 
picked up on his fear of talking to foreign people, you know? And if it started in 2014, why the hell did it take them until December 2016 to um to realize what was going on? It took them two years to realise that this dude wasn't charging. So it worked out that in this period, he had cost the park 25 million yen. 25 million yen. But, you know what? He wasn't sacked. Wasn't sacked. All they did was say, we'll reduce your salary by 10%. That's all that that's all they were gonna do to him, which is insane. I mean, he's resigned, but that's just that crazy whole shame thing, you know. But but this is the thing. I blame the national park because I tell you now, right? So I I, I was, you know, uh manager as as a cinema. And I would always monitor every section. You always go and check on your sections. So, you know what I mean? So, you're, you're keeping an eye on the box office. You're keeping an eye on candy bar. You know, you're keeping an eye on the screens. So, you're, you're quality checking everything that's going on. So, someone should have been with the ticket sellers. Periods of times, you know what I mean. It's not. We're not saying every day, but I don't know what. However, what period you want to do? Maybe once a month or or something. But you you would sit with each section just to check to make sure everything's going okay. See if anyone might need extra training. And if they had been doing this, that would would have shown up this issue because you would have seen him. Freaking out with the foreigners So there's that Also there's all The rest of your audits So if you're You know Look We balance the books Every single week So if there was Any slight issues Of popcorn sales Or any You'd be able to look and go Oh We have an issue here Something doesn't add up So why weren't they looking At their um At their take each week because you've got the box office sale Then you've got the sales within the park itself So you're able to monitor how many people are coming through how What people are buying boom, boom, boom. So th- this should have come up I don't know, like at least in the first month So this guy, crazy motherfucker But god damn it the park, what are you doing? I reckon they realised that And that's why they only were going to reduce his salary by 10% But, god damn it I tell you now, if that happened in any spot I was working woo, My ass would be on fire right now You know what I mean? There, there'd be no, oh, temp- like the police would be there It'd be insane would be insane, man. But yeah, might try and get a job in Tokyo and go crazy or something. You know what I mean? 
You know, I don't usually watch adverts just because they're usually terrible, you know. Um, yeah, so it's weird because, you know, when you do your marketing degree and everything, they tell you all the things that you should do when advertising. Adverts do not follow this, you know, so you just think, ugh, it's just, what's the point, man? What, what what's the point? They don't do they don't make you wanna go out and buy anything. They don't even interest me in the thing. So yeah, I don't usually watch them, but I had TV on the other day and I saw this advert for um behavioural change around antibiotics. And I was just like, how much did Public Health England and NHS waste on this. It's this. It's not long. It's like thirty seconds, and you have these stupid pills like dancing around and singing. You know, don't waste your time and take antibiotics for everything. La 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 la. And I'm just like, do you really think this is gonna change people's opinions? On taking antibiotics And I have to say as well A big problem with the antibiotics Are the GPs Because I know I've gone to my GP And They've just gone like Oh take these antibiotics And you're just like wait hold on Even I know that that's not right So you refuse to take them But yeah the GP is the one Pushing the antibiotics On people a lot of the time because otherwise you're not going to get... I couldn't walk in to my GPs and go, I demand antibiotics. And then they just hand them over. So it just makes you think, like, why put out this advert? Because you should be trying to change things with the GPs. And also, it's, you know, it's NHS. Because they will dictate... As well as Public Health England, what GPs can hand out and their budgets. So, you know, you need to work on that rather than put out this benign advert with these stupid dancing pills to talk down to people. It's ludicrous. So, you know, recently there was this whole thing about this guy that swindled the NHS out of all this money. That's wrong. But trust me, the NHS will waste a whole heap of cash on so much stupidness. It does make you scratch your head and wonder what the hell is going on. So, um, yeah, be curious, though, to, to find out if anyone saw this advert and thought, hmm, I need to change what I'm doing and see if any GPs are just like, oh, we've been handing out antibiotics crazily. We need to rein that in because I think I haven't held any focus groups or anything, but oh. I will bank on most people do not give a fuck. But yeah, curiouser and curiouser. Well, this isn't good. So, an 
an ex-nurse in Germany, Niels Hugel, has um has been discovered to have killed a hundred patients. In yeah, a hundred patients in two different hospitals in Germany. So um in one hospital he killed 36 patients and in another 64 which is insane and this is between 1999 and 2005 and this is on top of because he was already on trial um for uh, for killing six other people so that's 106 people this guy has killed. Um, but when, when they asked him, like, what was your motives for doing this? He says to impress colleagues. Because, you know, he was just like, oh, look, that person is nearly dying. I bet I can save their life. I'm, but I'm just like, yo, how did this shit come up? Were you sitting in a dining hall? Hey, Gunther, I bet I can revive someone who's nearly dead. Oh, no, Hegel, I don't think you can do that. Oh, Gunther, just watch me. Watch me do this. Like, what, what, what the fuck? And, you know, so maybe people were impressed the first time. And then the next time, like, but you keep on doing it. He keeps on doing it. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, we really want to see Higgle, like, Niels do his trick again. Like, what the fuck? That is insane. And there's so many fucking people. And it's just surprising no one caught up on this sooner. And the other crazy thing as well... It's a bit like, look, if anyone is doing something like that to show off, that motherfucker can't keep their gums shut. So they're going to be bragging. No doubt that motherfucker was bragging. But just no one believed it. No one picked up. That is insane. But you know what? That's 106 people. So this makes... The dude, one of the world's most prolific serial killers. And he's 41. 41. And he's killed that many people. It's just insane. Just insane that something like that could happen. You know? I'm I'm telling you, man. I'm just uh, glad he wasn't working for the NHS. On uh, a bit of light news Well, I guess it depends how you look at it But um, (laughs) An employee at the US Geological Survey Has um, (laughs) infected government networks With a load of malware Because they visited so many porn sites They haven't revealed Like how Like you know if it's a guy or a girl But (laughs) But they're saying that 
an extensive history of visiting adult pornography websites. Over 9,000 pages that they accessed has um, caused severe infection of this government network, which is which is insane they like and it, and it wasn't just their computer just saying like their um <laughs> their mobile phone is infected it's just some a lot of craziness man but you know how would you like wouldn't you love for this to come out like Boris Johnson was caught knocking one out in the House of Commons, and they've just found all this porn in his computer. Or better yet, Theresa May has has had to resign for rubbing her bean in the office. It, that would just be hilarious. Hilarious. It just baffles me how like people can't wait. Like, why are you using your work computer? Because the thing is, like, maybe you get away with it for a, a little while. But eventually, you're getting caught. And everyone knows that, that like these sites are, are, are usually infected. Because we've read these stories before. Read these stories a hundred times. So it's just like, what are you doing? Like, if you really want, if you can't wait, you can't wait, you think... They'd use their phone, like, not their government phone, not their work phone, but their personal phone, on a lunch break, maybe, go take care of business, clean up, go back to work, you know what I mean? No one's really going to notice, unless you're just really, really clumsy with shit, you know what I mean? But no one, no one should notice if you did that. But, like, I I worked with a guy, yo, back, man, it was back in 99, people. I worked with a guy, he managed the post room of um, this place I worked at, and um, he he got sacked for, uh, because, just think, back in 99, like, email wasn't a huge thing. You know, like, like the internet still wasn't huge back then, so you know, not every like, not every computer in the office, you know, had the capacity to do all of this. But he had a little office downstairs in the basement, and his computer was riddled, riddled with porn. And viruses, and he got caught. I think someone even walked in on him handling business. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, he's asked, got sacked. But it's just like, why are you doing this shit? It's insane. It's insane. But it's hilarious as well. Just hilarious. Biz, like you know, let let's just think. How, if you could look at all your government officials, right? UK, US, wherever you are, right? 
there's certain people that you 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 can think to yourself, I bet they're a friggin' they're surfing porn in the toilets all day at work. Like, yeah, Boris. Of course, Theresa May's doing that shit, but she ain't doing fuck all else. You know what I mean? Trump, definitely. Merkel. Actually, she never smiles. I don't even think. I don't think she is. I don't even think Merkel knows what porn is. To be honest, Trudeau, no doubt, he's doing shit. Yeah, you know I mean? it's it's rife. It's rife. So I expect more stories of these weirdo government people getting caught for porn. Yeah, you heard it here first, people. You know what, people? Like something that. Really drives me insane Is Alright maybe it doesn't drive me insane Might be an over Exaggeration But you know you, you, I think you get what I mean here It frustrates me Like I go to the gym a lot And um The other day I, I, I was in there and sometimes You know you can't get a machine Because everything's just so busy and there was these two women on, on uh, I think, I can't remember if it was step machines or ellipticals. I think elliptical trainers. And they talked, talked for, was, I was on the machine for 55 minutes. They got on a little after me, so probably about 40 minutes. The These idiots just and not just a little, hey, how are you doing? Like, hey, yapping their asses off. And the thing was, they weren't working out. Weren't working out at all. Just talking. And I just don't understand why people go to the gym and don't put any motherfucking effort in at all. Like, you know, it happens in boxing. The amount of times people come class and put no effort in. I, and I'm just like, how the fuck are you leaving the gym without working up a sweat? You know what I mean? No sweat, nothing. And then, on top of this, all you hear them complain, I just, I can't lose weight, you know. I don't know why. Oh, I'm just, oh, I'm eating healthy. And as they're shoving a packet of crisps into their face. It, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. Look, I don't give a fuck. They can sit outside, talk however they want. But don't hog up a machine. Don't hog a machine. It's ridiculous. And, hey. I ain't claiming myself to be, uh, you know what I mean, some ridiculous in-shape gym bunny. You know what I mean? I definitely wouldn't call myself a gym bunny. Probably, I don't know, like a gym elephant, maybe. And, that, you know, because people say I've got big ears. Well, <laughs> maybe they say I've got a trunk. hey oh. You know what I mean? Just whatever you think, man. <laughs> whatever you think, you know what I mean? But... Yo, I look. It's it's a good stress relief, and yeah, you want to live a little healthy. You know what I mean. But be respectful when you go to the gym, people. You know what I mean take a towel, wipe down the machine. Because that's always disgusting when people just 
sweat all over the shop and then just walk off without wiping something down and then just be a little courteous about machines don't hog them you know we're, we're in there we're working out like spot with someone look if you know you're going to be in for a while you're not working constantly you're giving yourself like I don't know, 30 seconds rest in between sets. So in that time, someone else could do a set. So why don't you switch? Be like, boom, you do your set, they do theirs. Switch like that. It makes time go by better. And you're helping someone out. You know what I mean? Pay it forward a little. I don't know. They're just my thoughts about the gym. Whatever you think, people. Whatever you think. This week, we don't have a film, but there is a TV series that I've watched, and um, that was season three of Daredevil on Netflix, and god damn it, I've, look, right, you can say what you want about, you know, the recent cancellations of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and yeah, people had gripes with Iron Fist especially. But Daredevil has been, I say, consistent. Like, I really enjoyed season two. Like, the introduction of Elektra and everything I think was well done. The Punisher, really well done. Which got its own series spun out of it. And season three... It's one of the most consistent series so far. Like, you know, with um, Iron Fist and Cage, there was a lower episode count. But this went back to 13 episodes. And I I wouldn't say that any, anything was really filler. Um... There was one episode that started off as a flashback. Um, I think it was episode 10. And um, you kind of had a flashback into Karen's past. But even that. Was still a good episode that then did bring the series forward. So there was no fillers. I don't think you could say anything was a filler this season. You know, everything was just handled so well. And it just reinforces the fact, you know, when you look at the... um, The Daredevil film with Affleck and Garner. And you you had uh, Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Caught this. Woo! Oh my. This series really... It just underpinned how the TV series is... Killing it, killing it compared to, um, you know, compared to the film version. Because Wilson Bethel 
was a great bullseye. Even though, you know, the name wasn't used, we know he was bullseye. And it just, just handled it so well, man. So, like, everyone just was great. It was, it was a great season. And just, you know, Ray, like, Jay Ali played Ray, Nadim was was great. And, and the thing I liked about the addition of Ray, Ray was just a good character. It wasn't played as, you know, the token... Uh, like Indian guy It was just a good character And that's how it You know should always be When you're casting these things Like people come on Because they're good characters You know I, I You kind of feel that There's people that could have been Like any race Like Blake Tower Blake Tower could have been any race whatsoever. But Stephen Ryder got the job. You know, it's just things like this that really carries a series and adds the depth to a series that, you know, I think that's needed. But, um... Like every 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 you know all the all the major players were back, um, you know back with this, like Drew Goddard, Charlie Cox, Vincent Derfano, Deborah Ann Wolf, you know like ev- everyone was there, and it 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 played out, it it played out like some of the classic comics. Which which is great, it really is great. Like when you see Wilson Fix Fisk in the white suit, ah oh, man, it was very good. But it just start like it started well, and it just continued from then on. Like at the beginning, you had all these flashbacks that played into the current day, and they used Job. You know the story of Job as the, the the you know the analogy the frame tapestry for the episode. Like Matt says, in front of this God, I'd rather die as the devil than live as Matt Murdock. I mean that that was the strong call to action that kind of drove this. You know that. That conflict which Matt had with his faith, like understanding who he was, how he fit in, like how can he keep anyone safe if he goes through life how he was going through it? You know what I mean? Because this is the thing, like the, the, there's always the uh, the fault, like how can you expect? Change if you keep doing things the same. So Matt 
was trying to do things differently. And it didn't didn't sit well, but he didn't know what to do. So the story just built on that. Then you had the kingpin. Like Fisk is in prison. And you're like, what what's happening? Like he he's you know, being an informant for the FBI. It's like, how is this playing out? Like, how is it all working? Like, what's happening here? And, yeah, you you have the... There's a lot of kind of big moments that happen. And you're thinking, oh, so what's happening here? Like, when we first see Dex... You don't realise what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I, I think there's one point where you might think it, it may be Ray. You're like, oh, are they going to go that route? Well, what, what's happening here, man? Uh, and, yeah, it just it, 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 it kind of moves along. And it's just like everything is like weaving together. It's a chess game. It's a chest game. And you're you're seeing how Fisk is breaking people down and manipulating everyone. And then you get to episode four. Oh my. The the fight scene in episode four is pretty epic. It's pretty damn epic. Epic, great camera work, the way it follows the action, it moves in, zooms out, it tracks the action, it's just, yeah, it it was great, really, episode 4 was a good episode, and then you see the aftermath it's everything is it's just moving and you're thinking I I don't know how this is all going to play out I don't know how this is going to end or you're thinking I don't know if these people are going to make it out by the end like that was a big thing I I, I you know I was trying to see who was going to um, pay the uh, the boatman's fee? And yo, know, that was, like it kept on changing. As I was like thinking, oh no, this what? How is this? No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was. Look, this was a great season. It was a great season. It was. I think. For those who have who read the comics, it's kind of ironic that the um, the disguise that Matt is using, and especially towards the end with the rope around the arms, it is kind of akin to um, Bullseye's costume. So it's kind of funny how the role, the like the costumes have been reversed, as, as um yeah as this unfolds, and uh, yeah I don't think people will be disappointed 
with this season. I think everyone is going to enjoy the twists, the turns. I think people are going to have pause if someone asks them to um, hand them their jacket. <laughs> you know? You know? It's just like, yo, someone says, yo, can I, can I have your jacket? I'm like, hell no. I'm keeping my jacket, man. This is a little chilly. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yo, it, it, was, it was great. As I said, look, there's so many moments. The kitchen. God damn it. The kitchen. That was crazy. So there's all the, the there's all these moments. There's all this build up, like Sister Margaret. You know, like her her interplay with um, all you know, all the characters. It yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, it was really good, really enjoyable, and um, I have to say, I have to say, Joanna Woolley, she's kind of foxy, man, like, you know what I mean, there's no denying it, she killed it, definitely killed it, it was just like, but yeah, this... Listen, people, if you had doubts about some of the stuff that has come before, you know, if you thought season two might have slipped slightly, you will not, you will not be disappointed with Daredevil season three because... This, and I'm saying it now, this has been the best Marvel Netflix TV show to date. And season one of Daredevil was pretty damn great. But this just elevated the game. Elevated the game, people. So if you haven't seen it, yo, it's the weekend coming up. So go get you some blue nun. Go get you some popcorn. Because you're gonna be flexing in front of the TV. You're gonna forget about the chill and you're just gonna Netflix until you finish this. Because this is some epic shit, people. This is some epic shit. Yes, Devil Season 3, Netflix, go get you some. I have to say, I've got serious issues with Tony Parsons because I've just read Girl on Fire and god damn it, that was just, oh, the way that book, this book ends, it's... Ah, Tony, man, you're killing me. You really are. Like, you know what I mean? I was all just, okay, cool, cool. And then you just 
just it's like oh taking a blow to the stomach it was just a horrible ending ugh god damn it and i don't mean horrible as in the book suck i mean you just as a reader you didn't want that you really didn't want that so girl on fire is the fifth book in the max wolf series um now i didn't know this when i when i got it which is a bit of a shame because i haven't done book four yet but with you know, I don't think I've done any of these books in order, and you don't really, it's not that detrimental to, you know, proceedings, so, yeah, all should be good, but, yeah, the breakdown of this book is, when terrorists use a drone to bring down a plane, on one of London's busiest shopping centres, it ignites a chain of events that will draw in the innocent and the guilty alike. DC Max Wolf of West End Central finds himself caught up in the crossfire between a tech-savvy terrorist cell and a revenge-seeking Bible-quoting murderer called Bad Moses. And when Max's ex-wife suddenly reappears to reclaim custody of his beloved daughter Scout, he finds himself fighting the greatest battle of all. So as you can see, there's a lot happening in this book. You know, like either just of these storylines, I think that would have been enough to carry this. So... You know, we have these two storylines just interweaved, and yes, yeah, like a roller coaster. I would say, I think this book it kind of deals with identity and acceptance because it's playing on the whole, you know, the whole terrorist kind of situation, and you know, people who you know, born in the UK but have sided with the 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 these kind of far right mindset mindsets and um you know it is kind of like so why are you identi- enter why do you identify with this rather than being you know a UK citizen like what what's the pitfalls here so it's looking at these type of things and yeah the driving force to you know why this happens so you know this is a big part of the book but then i think so is acceptance and like loyalty loyalty is a big big thing here and you know what is loyalty? What are you, you know, what are you meant to hold true to? Especially when there's conflicts. You know, where 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 are you meant to side? Do you do you stick to this, you know, big oath, or or do you have to look out for your family? Like, what's the situation? And it, I think he handles it well, Tony. Um. I think the story we're given is really interesting. Um, 
and yeah it, it there's a lot of kind of twisting and turning you know he definitely throws up a few kind of red herrings um i think with the way a part of this book ends there is an element that you do i think you do kind of think to yourself what well, i yeah, I could see that happening. But then there's another part that so definitely I think that does surprise you. Because you when you're thinking about time frames and everything, you're like, well, surely it would take longer to do this to someone, right? And so um yeah, I think you're left a bit like Ooh, whoa, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I saw that, not sure I saw that, so you have that, and then, yeah, then there's the other bits of the book, um, that just kill you, definitely kill you, but, like, to build up to that though The build up to this end part There's a lot of stuff happening Throughout the story That you think oh oh, That's the gut punch right there You know that's just If that happens that's gonna Oh no 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 But Yeah it, I think we bob and weave And then Until we get to this one bit And then it's just Oh you know, they they say it's the punch you don't see hurts the most, and um, yeah, yeah. I you know, I there's a part of me that was kind of thinking, well, surely you know, happiness. Hmm. But still, still, I wasn't. Yeah, it's still this. The ending caught me. Ending definitely caught me So I I would say This is a book That's definitely worth reading That if you have um, If you have done the other books In the series Then that's all good But I, th- I think you know You can read You can definitely read this book On it's own But I would start at the beginning. So the first book in the series is The Murder Bag. Then we've got The Slaughter Man. Then you've got The Hanging Club. Um, and the fourth book is Die Last. So I need to get to that. Now, he, he's written a few um, novellas that are with this. But um, they're not an audible, so... You know, yeah, the next book I'll be doing is Die Last. But, look, Tony Parsons writes a great, a great detective story. So, yeah, I'd say um, check out Girl on Fire. Check out any of the Max Wolf books. Because they're, um, they're a great read. Another book I've done this week is um, Arabian Nights, Volume 1, from um, Audible. And um, 
you know, as a kid, I loved the Arabian Nights stories, you know, um, flying carpets, like thieves in pots of oil, just, yeah, it was just all the stories, and there's so many different adaptations of the stories, yeah, I remember there was a series called The Storyteller with John Hurt, and, um, yeah, they did uh, a few episodes around, um, the Arabian Night stories and Sinbad and all of that kind of thing. So, um, you know, this is a multicast dramatization which um, adds that little bit to it, and it's been adapted by Marty Marty Ross. So we've got um, stories on Shazadabad. Alibaba and the Forty Thieves and Jonah of the Sea. But all the stories they're slightly different to what you've um yeah, to what you've heard before. So which is um yeah, you know, it's great, you know. So um like if you don't know the stories uh in Shazazadad, a woman finds herself the object of desire of a powerful sultan with murderous desires. Her only chance at saving her life is by using the one power she herself possesses, her gift for for telling enchanting stories. The very stories that follow in this drama. Ali Baba and the Fooly Thieves tells the tale of an improvised husband and wife whose lives change change drastically when husband Ali discovers the cave where a local gang of bandits are hiding their treasure. A happy ending? Not quite. As the money brings dangerous complications in the form of the greed of Ali's brother and sister-in-law and the determination of the bandits not to be stolen from. Can Ali save himself or will his wife Marjana have to do all the work in this taut romantic thriller? Uh, in Julana of the Sea, a merwoman finds the love of a mortal king and they produce a son, Prince Badar Bazim. Jelena will have to um, look out for her son, Badar, as true to his undersea birthright. He seeks out the love of Princess Johura of the Merfolk. She is a haughty and her father, King S. Semdel, positively hostile, casting Badar into a dramatic odyssey which will take him to the island of a beautiful of a beautiful sorceress who makes literal pets of her lovers Kanjelana and her brother Salim find and save Badar in time so i think you know in a, in all the stories there's been the frame of um someone telling stories to someone else sometimes it's just been someone telling stories in other iterations yeah it's been someone telling story a woman telling stories really 
to um, save herself from the sultan from, from killing her. Uh, and this version uses, um, yeah, uses that to frame up. Now, Alibaba, yeah, is a classic story. So, I've, you know, I've heard it countless times, but this did give it a completely different twist. You know, I don't think in um, the past versions I've read, it, there's been a brother you know, I don't remember a brother and a sister-in-law and a lot of the other stuff that happened. So, yeah, this really enjoyed that story. Um, Journal of the Sea. This one, I did, it, it didn't really resonate with me as much. I found it a little bit whiny um, and seemed to just go on. You know, it, I, I felt could have been a lot shorter uh so you know this was an interesting go with um volume one i would definitely say i would definitely say check it out because you know it is yeah especially the first part and the whole um you know shizana um the way that interweaves throughout you know, it's it's decent, it's interesting. Um, yeah, Alibaba was the favourite for me. But yeah, it, it's alright. So I'm, you know, looking forward to um, volume two. Let's see when, uh, see when that drops. Okay, people. So, you know, we're coming to the end of another fun-packed episode. Um, so, uh... I think, you know, we'll do, we'll hit up some entertainment news before we go. Um, so CBS All Access have um, have given a two-season order for a Star Trek cartoon. Yeah, it's meant to be an adult cartoon. It's going to be called Lower Decks. So it's going to be half-hour episodes. And it's written by... Um, the head writer and executive producer of Ricky, Rick and Morty, Mike McKenna. So, hey, if if it's half as good as Rick and Morty, this could be something pretty fun. So, um, it's focusing on the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's less imp- impressive ships. So that's kind of the premise of the show. Um, yeah, there's not really. I believe it's due for um, next year, but um, there's no specific uh, kind of date for this one. But it's something to look out for. Um. Also, Netflix have handed out a few renewals. So, um, Bojack Horseman gets a sixth season. Um, Paradise PD gets a second season, renewed just a month after the first debuted. And, uh, yeah, Sabrina, only out a couple of weeks now, I believe. That's already got a second season. So, um, 
yeah, Net Netflix is um coming out hard with the new content. It would seem they've also um struck a deal with Ava DuVernay, the um Oscar nominated filmmaker. She's done thirteenth, the thirteenth, Selma, and A Wrinkle in Time. She's working on a new documentary about Prince. Uh, this is also for Netflix. Uh, Prince died April 2016. So, um, yeah, this would be, um, you know, something that was getting worked on supposedly before he even died. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it, it took a little while to resurface, but it looks like, um, you know, Prince's estate. Has um, decided, yeah, this is something they still want to um, still want to work on. So, you know, looking forward to to when this drops because I think Prince is an interesting one. Like a lot of people love the music, but he kind of kept to himself. You know, we've heard about little projects, you know, Kevin Smith had a project with him that just never, never took off. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of, you know, like, see kind of more about his life. With Disney's streaming service coming out next year, they're really, you know, going hard on the new content for it. Yeah, we've already had the Star Wars series announced. There's going to be um, the Loki series and the Scarlet Witch series. And they've just announced that um, there's going to be a series about Captain America's sidekicks, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, like, you probably don't realise that from the films, but yeah, in the comics, the Falcon was a long-time sidekick of Cap, and then um, under Ed Brubaker, the Winter Soldier was one of his sidekicks, and, you know, we could say, for the second time, because before he became the Winter Soldier, Bucky was um, a sidekick for uh, many years for Cap. So this is interesting. It's um, going to be written by Malcolm Spellman, who's a writer on Empire. Uh, and um, yeah, no real word on anything else other than Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan will be reprising those roles. So there's no recasting or anything like that. So, uh, you know, it, it should should be top quality because Kevin Feig is going to be executive producing the series as well. So no date on when this will be coming out, but, you know, I'd imagine next year, you know, you know, we might see something similar to what the DC universe is. And so when one series finishes, another series starts. So, yeah, with, like, Star Wars and free Marvel series, that could take up a big chunk of the year. And there's still time to announce more products. So, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. But, 
you know, I, I saved some of the biggest news for the end of this bit. Now, a while back, we had word that, you know, um, a, a prequel series has been finalised for post-Game of Thrones. Um, and word came out the other day that Naomi Watts is going to be one of the stars of that series. Like, nothing really about, you know, her character has come out other than that she's going to be playing a charismatic socialite who's hiding a dark secret. Hmm. Now, but, you know, this is taking place thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones, so it's it's not going to be a character that, you know, anyone knows. But um, this is the series that is going to be written by James, Jane Goldman and um, Martin. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But, you know, they, they haven't really set a date on when this series is going to come out. But, you know, with Game of Thrones, the last season coming out next year, I would imagine that we should be expecting this in 2020 you know to fill that uh to fill that void so to speak so um you know with this news coming i'd imagine you know we'll we'll start we're going to start getting drip fed more news about this and i believe there's going to be another series as well so yeah let's wait and see people yeah before i go um, you know, I talk about HelloFresh a lot here, and yeah, you know, it definitely was a good week with the food. So, um, like, oh man, I had this amazing buffalo cauliflower, which was so tasty, man. Like, it's crazy. As a kid, I was never really down with cauliflower, but hey, now, you know, I think it's just the right recipe. You know, when you when you marinate it or you mix it with some other thing, oh, it's crazy good, crazy good. So that was good. Then a fried bean and mushroom taco, which was very tasty. But I think my pick of the week has to be the chickpea and pistachio burger with um turmeric wedges. Ah, just. Yo, the burger is so good. It's like um, you fr- you you mix all the ingredients up. So some onions, some chickpeas, um, some sweet corn, and then the pistachio. Mash it all together. Some chuck um mango chutney binds it. Put a bit of flour in there as well. Then you just fry the burgers. And if you fry them long enough. You get this kind of char on the pistachio, some of the pistachio. So when you bite in, you just get this, uh, this charred pistachio taste. Oh my God. It's so good, man. So damn good. And you know what? Listen, I, I talk about it a lot. We've given away some boxes before. But, you know, I, I was thinking, look, I, 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 could, I don't have any free boxes for people. If you go to hellofresh.co.uk, right, 
And if you enter the code KJSCOT, right? If you enter that code, cap locks on, you will get yourself £20 off your first box, right? So if you order between now and the 16th of November, right? Yeah? Not bad, right? Not bad at all. So you will be able to try any of these badass meals that I've been talking about for the last week, right? So yeah, remember, go to hellofresh.co.uk on your checkout, enter the code capital letters on KJSCOT. And you'll get £20 off your first damn box. God damn it. I'm so good to you people. Um, so yeah. I think that has been the end of another fun episode of Echoes from the Void. The people, right, you realise this week there was no film review. Okay. That's because tomorrow is... The relaunch of Echo Chamber. So, I, you know, I brought you it for 12 days straight during the London Film Festival. And, you know, there was always the idea of possibly doing a weekly film show. So we're going to try that tomorrow. So tomorrow, bringing you Echo Chamber in a new format. Now, um, I'm not quite sure yet if we're going to do it weekly. It might be bi-weekly. But, yeah, tomorrow is the relaunch. So, get ready for your film news and film reviews. Should be fun. I saw Black Mother um, yesterday at the BFI. Uh, So, we're going to talk about that before its general release on Friday. So, yeah, find out if it's worth going to see. And we're going to give you some other stuff as well. All right. So, um, yeah, trying something new. All right. So, um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, Echo Chamber tomorrow. And, yo, just hit the link on my Instagram bio and you can get this week's episode and the 20 episode, 21 episodes of Echoes from the Void. And the 13, no, 14 episodes of Echo Chamber that are currently out there. So enjoy. Hey, it's fireworks weekend. So keep safe and have fun. And I will check you again next week. All right, people. Peace.